folk horror seems to be like the one subgenre that you, you're allowed to just completely throw away that three-act template. So how many people have already seen this? Nobody! Yay! Yes! It was also great to see the Johnny Ramone looking guy taking a shit in the woods. <laughs> Yay, welcome. We all know the rules by now, don't we? We are back at Gateway Film Center doing it live, what we do once a month, and, and glad to do it. This is the Fright Club Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we're from madwolf.com, and we are talking about international folk horror. we yep. got a great slice of that tonight, and I think we've said before how much we just love folk horror in general. Yes. So uh, we'll get into the international side of that. But first, we want to say thanks to uh, everybody that enjoyed, as we do every <laughs> year, last week's or last episode, Skeletons in the Closet. Yes. This is like every year we look forward to this. And it's funny. I think that we watch the Oscar nominations broadcast differently than most people do because right away I'll be like, oh, my God, he made so many bad movies. And then we just put this podcast together, and it's like my favorite thing to do to, like, yeah. you know, parse through, especially when there are some, you know, that I haven't seen. Like, I'll dig into somebody and think, oh, I had no idea. Yeah, because. And then I'll just watch these awful horror movies. And one of the things that's great about it is just to know these people went on to be such great actors. Right. And normally, every other month of the podcast, we celebrate good movies. Right. So it's exactly. the one time of the year we have fun digging into the bad stuff. Right. But knowing that they went on to great careers and, and having uh, their work Oscar nominated. So it is fun to dig into some of that stuff. And it seems like everybody enjoys it every year. So thank you for that feedback. Um, and you can, speaking of the Oscars, just last night, we guested on uh, a pod, one of our favorite podcasts called Whiskey Business, hosted by uh, Dino Tripodis from here in town. And we've done it now for about five years. It's mm -hmm. the uh, Oscar Picks podcast, where we go on there and try to seem like we know what we're talking about and pick the Oscar winners. So that was a lot of fun. Yes, we did drink some whiskey. Even Hope drank some whiskey, which is crazy. Yeah. I neglected to bring any Diet Pepsi with me, so there you go. I got thirsty. Well, here's the thing. Here's, <laughs> here's what really happened. Dino assured me that he was going to have some Diet Pepsi on hand because he's, he's known, he does know Hope, so he knows you have to have some. <laughs> And I said, well, he said he would have some. And she, being the trusting soul that she is, uh, went along with that, and he had zero yeah, no. Diet Pepsi. No Diet Pepsi. So. But it was a lot of fun. We like had a great conversation. ginger ale. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, a great conversation about uh, this year's Oscars and some other stuff, too. So that should be coming out fairly soon. Uh, again, it's called Whiskey Business, and we'll post some, some uh, links uh, once we get it. But that's always a, a lot of fun to guest on that uh, that episode and and of course we had him one of our favorite fright clubs from back in the day he guested with us as we did a i think it's the only time we've taken a deep dive into one movie yes on the podcast and we talked about the Br bride of frankenstein show your purse it's yeah. an all-time favorite of ours yeah the bride of frankenstein and we spent a, a full 30 minutes talking with dino Tapotis about that movie and that was super fun we yeah. should do another one like with that where we just, just talk dig into about, one movie yeah, just talk yeah. about one movie yeah exactly um, all right so that's fun. that's coming up soon that uh oscar uh oscar whiskey business today we've got folk horror business and just the international side do you want to talk about any that uh almost made the list we've got a top five correct we do have a top five and one of the one of the like you know inspirations for this was if you haven't watched it yet you really should the documentary woodlands dark and days bewitched my god did we love that documentary? it's on shutter it's on shutter it's three hours of just giddy ex excellent 
horror movie documentary geekiness. It's so great. It's three hours long. They're very thorough. They cover lots and lots of things. But one of the things that occurred to us was that there are so many that there are a ton that they didn't cover. And in looking into doing something, because we wanted us to sort of, you know, sort of have a reason to geek out about that movie, Woodlands, Dark and Days Bewitched, we thought, well, they didn't do much in terms of foreign language horror. So as, as international horror goes, really uh, the sort of folk horror uh, movies kind of got popular in England, which of course is international to us. So <laughs> we, um, we focused primarily on, on foreign language. And a couple of the ones that we'll talk about, you saw glimpsed, like, there was like an image or two images, but they didn't really discuss any of these. So we thought that they were, they were well worth discussing. Yeah, um, but again, we can't recommend this uh, documentary enough, Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched on Shudder. It, you say three hour movie, but trust me, it doesn't feel like no. it. It's so entertaining. So informative, just flies by, and you really end up wanting another edition. Yes. Uh, a, a sequel, I guess, where they talk about uh, some other movies that they didn't get to. Because it's a great subject. It is. And there are a few that we, we're not going to talk about that, that we highly recommend that you look for. One from Columbia is called Lose Flower, the of, Flower Evil. of Evil. It's just amazing. It's just beautiful. It's this coming of age, weird sort of, they live in this, in this village that kind of, it's modern times, but they didn't evolve with modern times. It's super spooky and creepy. Really, really loved that one. There's another one from Guatemala called La Llorona. So don't confuse it with The Curse of La Llorona or the upcoming something about La Llorona. This one is out of Guatemala. <laughs> I know. My Sharona. Don't confuse it with any of those. <laughs> and this is like, it takes that, that folk tale about the crying demon woman and it contextualizes it with war. And it was, it was really, really well done. And I love that one a lot. And another one from Malaysia um, from 2019 is called Roh, R-O-H. You can mm -hmm. also find it under Soul, although that's a little bit harder because there are like 500 movies called Soul. So you might have a better time finding it under R-O-H from Malaysia, another one that kind of takes place in the woods, as all good creepy stories right. do. Right. Um, so those were all really good. Highly recommend. Just didn't make the final five. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but we've got a good five, and of course we're going to show one of them here on the big screen tonight, and, and it's so beautiful, and we'll get to that here in a minute. Of course, we won't talk about it much because we don't want to spoil anything. We won't talk about it till after. But the, let's start at number five, and this is from 1967. This one's from Russia, so clearly we're not taking part in any boycotts here on, on Fright Club, but a young priest is ordered to preside over the wake of a witch in a small old wooden church of a remote village, and this means spending three nights alone with the corpse with only his faith to protect him. It's called V. Spending three nights alone with the corpse. Now, a premise like that always reminds me of when they set us up with the Annabelle doll uh, right before the last Annabelle movie came out so we could take it on our TV gig. If, if you didn't know, we're on Good Day Columbus every Friday morning. So they wanted us to take the doll. So we had it in our house, and it stayed overnight with us. And we told some people that, and they just freaked the fuck out. Yeah, they did. Like, you know, you had that doll in your house? Yeah. So we just we posted did. all over the place and like took pictures and texted them to my sisters <laughs> who were like freaking out and everything. It was but fun. That, but this is something else. It is. This is totally spending different. three nights alone with the corpse. And as you can tell by the trailer, special effects, maybe not the strong suit <laughs> here, but that's okay. It looks super creepy. It did. It's a, this is a really fun movie. And one of the things I like about, 
about this movie, which I think speaks to, uh, in a way, some of the themes of folk horror, is that so you have this seminarian who's clearly not really got much faith. He and his other two seminarian friends just get plowed one night, get lost in the woods, <laughs> and they have to, like like an old sort of creepy joke, they have to ask this farmer if they can sleep in their barn because they're too drunk to figure out where they're going. She's this old lady, and she makes them split up, so they're not, they're not sleeping in the same room at all. And that's where this whole thing starts. Bad things happen. He runs back to church to find that he's been summoned for this, for this gig, right? And he doesn't know why. But basically, I think the theme of this, which is a theme uh, that runs through this, is that if you are a peasant, you are just fucking screwed. You got no shot, right? Because the authority, the church, they don't care. If you don't do what the church tells you, he, he tells poor, this poor guy, I will just beat you up. I'll just beat you in the public. You, you, you have no choice but to do what the government or rich people tell you to do. Same thing happens. If he, if he, te- if he does what he's told, he's going to get money. If he doesn't do what he's told, he's going to be whipped in public. And then there's this supernatural evil that you can't predict, and that's your best bet? Like, that's your safest bet? And I just, I, and I think that that's, for me, one of the most interesting things about so much folk horror is it's just like, this is, these are the people who wrote it, right? These are the people who came up with the stories, the ones who were just, we are fucked no matter what we do. And I just think... Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> like, that's yeah. a scary idea to be the, the root of your of your horror. Yeah, and even though some of the sequences, especially the, the flying, the levitating, yeah. uh, a, little, a little shaky, but it still manages to come up with some really creepy sequences and set pieces in this movie. Yeah, it, yeah, 100% does. And one of the, <laughs> one of the things is he's, he, which, you know, this always gets to me, he can't fall asleep, right? He's got he's to gotta really watch out all the night long because this woman is clearly going to come back, uh, get up and, and kill him. And that... That just makes me so unhappy when I watch a movie. Like, oh, God, I would die. I'd be murdered right away. She enjoys I, sleeping. I like sleeping. It, I like sleeping. <laughs> and that is number five <laughs> on our list of international folk horror from 1967 V. Uh, moving up to number four. And this is the movie we're going to show tonight, so we're not going to speak much about it. This is from 2017. In a poor Estonian village, a group of peasants use magic and folk remedies to survive the winter, and a young woman tries to get a young man to love her. This is November. So how many people have already seen this? Nobody! Yay! Yes! Yay! Has that ever happened before? Yeah, yeah. It has. Usually well, we have like at least one or two. The last horror movie. No one has seen the last horror last movie. Last horror movie. Mm-hmm. You're right. Well, this is awesome. I don't think awesome. they've seen One of the Dead either. Well, then we hope that uh, when mm-hmm. uh, when we're done here, you come down and give us your thoughts because we would love to get you on the podcast. We don't want to spoil anything, but if, if you were watching the trailer and you wondered, was that Dieter Laser? Yes, it is. And this is his last film. Oh, he's yeah. so saucy in it. Last film for Dieter Laser. I love so a saucy Dieter Laser. That is all we will say about that because we're going to see it here pretty soon. <laughs> one hour and 55 minutes of weirdness later. Okay, welcome back to our podcast about underpants in horror. (laughs) Not just underpants, but horny underpants. (laughs) That uh, that's a head trip. What did you think? Yes, one person liked it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a weird one. It is a weird one. I think the the opening with the cow. I remember thinking to myself the first time, like. 
did they just kill that cow? And that, uh, like, I was so relieved when they didn't kill the cow that I thought, all right, I'm in. Like, I'm just in now. It's a very unusual film. Yeah, it is. And I think uh, it's probably been adopted by the tourism department of, of Estonia <laughs> to try to get some people to come over. <laughs> It wow. is beautiful, though. It is. It, did, no, it, it really won is. a Tribeca Film Festival Award for Best Cinematography. It is a yeah. gorgeous, gorgeous movie. It really and is. And it's one that, uh, that uh, you know, like a lot of the ones we talked about tonight, blends, you know, uh, like actual Catholicism and uh, superstition. And, and I love that in this just one little village, there's the devil, mm -hmm. also werewolf. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The plague, a shape-shifting plague, you know, and then just, just I don't know, ghosts, starvation. Um, and, and by the way, why didn't we think to try to defeat a plague by putting pants on our head? <laughs> I don't know. We spent this last couple of years and nobody tried that. That is crazy. We're also just shooting things with the communion host. Yeah. I had no idea yeah. how effective that could be. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, it really makes me curious about the, the source uh, yeah. novel because I bet <laughs> that's that's wild. But you're right, above, above all else, it is beautiful to look at. It's, it's another reminder movie, yeah. that, uh, that uh, well, we saw many films this past year that were beautiful in black and white, and here's another one. It can be shot right, and with the right lighting, black and white cinematography can just be so striking. One of the other things that I love, I mean, I love when a film employs clearly non-actors and m makes that work. You know, I mean, some of these some of these people were so incredibly endearing, and, and but it was just enough oddness you know mm -hmm. like the the two at the very beginning who were we're going to go pick flowers for a wreath and get slapped that woman is my favorite person this entire movie <laughs> i just kept waiting for her to show up again i'm like there she is with her silly hat i love yeah. this lady and how about the dental work too <laughs> yeah not a lot of dentists in the village not a lot anybody have have some thoughts you want to come down and you want to tell us start to finish what it all meant Break it all down <laughs> with the subtext. Alexander, I know you're up to the task. I agree with both of you. I can see why this won an award for cinematography. It was just so gorgeous to look at. Like some of these images I would like to I would like framed like and hung on in my house or something. I really like how it blends in with like the intense moments and the comedic moments and just how absurd it was back then. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. Very absurd, I, yeah, yeah, you're right. I thought the absurd. I thought it was. I mean, it's got to be a weird tone to find. You know, it's sad. It's a romance, but there are just these incredibly absurd moments, and it all worked together. I thought really well. So I was not expecting Kratz, whatever they were, <laughs> to be alive, and so that was surprising. But uh, the more I watched it, the more I was thinking of, like. David Lynch and um, Jim Jarmusch got together and directed an Estonian film, and it worked. No wonder we love it. Uh -huh, exactly. <laughs> You're speaking her language now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Kratz I thought were so fascinating, and I, and I love too the the different ones that the different farmers would build and what it says about who they were. Because at the end, uh, the snowman, like what a lovely idiotic choice, because it's gonna melt, but. You know, what a great crat he made for that one day. Hello, let me introduce myself. My name is Gabriel. I really enjoyed the film. Second time here, last time, Dead Snow. Here with my friends and thought, never disappointed, really. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I wanted to say that some of these things were great, like the crats, like it was said. <laughs> it was also great to see the Johnny Ramone looking guy taking a shit in the woods. <laughs> 
That's my new favorite quote, the Johnny Ramone looking guy taking a shit in the nice. woods. <laughs> nice. I also I love the specific Ramone reference cuz you're right, it was Johnny who had that haircut. Oh yeah. Yet another weirdly perverse entertaining fairy tale slash moral table. I, I words fail me sometimes. The cinematography, especially that one scene with the two lovers in the woods and the lighting was that's the one that he was talking about. That needs to be framed. And they were so in love, and they were so stupid. Right. Yep. Yep. Kids are stupid. We've said Kids it many times. Kids are stupid. Kids are stupid. I love, uh, you know, uh, I think for me one of the most striking images was both times somebody went to the crossroads to call Satan. Mm-hmm. You know, in that moment before he shows up, it was just like, it's so beautiful. And what a weird Satan. You know, like, because we've done before Countdowns, the best on-screen Satans, mm-hmm. and he deserved at least a mention. Because what a weird one. Very, very weird. And, and you know, all of a sudden when it's time to, to pay the piper. Yep. And it's over. Yeah, it's it's really weird. And, and strangely, well, I heard everybody laughing throughout. Yeah. And, and rightly so, because it's so absurd. It is. It's strangely funny. Well, again, when Satan... You know, and he doesn't know it's blood. It's not blood. He doesn't know it's the currents. This, this, the scene where he's, you know, I love that idea. It's like you think the director says, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put a big piece of, of plastic, plexiglass over the lens yeah. and just lick it and then spit on it. <laughs> and that's what audience will, will look at. Like, Bleh. Yeah. I've seen Satan's tongue. <laughs> and as we to. said, Dieter Laser. Dieter Laser. And his final film. That's right. Very yeah. dandy, as you said. He was. He's a very dandy Dieter Laser. That I love that hat. He was so, so dandy. So much. And yeah. the one outfit, am I wrong? Was it kind of Elvis? Did the one outfit have a very Elvis vibe about it, which I'm all for? I kept thinking Estonian nudie suit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the nudie suits from the old time uh, country, country stars. Yeah, I, I can see that. But especially that hat, very dandy. And I loved his little smile, like such a bizarre performance. Mm-hmm. And like the little wave, I thought, what is that about? What he, do you have to be happy for? They've stolen your underpants. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, a little bit. A little uh, bit of when, when they asked why, why are they spitting out the communion host, I think that was it, just the one line. Yeah, and he just has such a weird face. He does have a weird face. Just, just a, a weird-looking face. You always expect him to sew people together ass to mouth. <laughs> Or is that just me? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'm glad you all enjoyed it because that's one of the ones where you think, I don't know. Yeah. It's just so weird. But it helps by being so, so beautiful so to look beautiful at. So beautiful to look at, yeah. yeah was, so. I was excited to see it on a big screen. I had yeah. not before, so yeah. I was excited oh, to see it. Oh, definitely worthy of a big screen. So thank you. Great comments tonight. I was hoping we'd get some, and, and, and we did. And by the way, if anybody didn't get a, a Fright Club button and would want one, come on down. Uh, we got plenty. So that's number four. So let's move up to number three. And this is also from 2017. Boy, that was a good year for folk horror. It was. Because this was one of our favorites of the year that year. Paranoia and superstition in 15th century Europe. This is Hagazuza. I love that movie so much. I will show that at some point. We've been trying for a long time to get that movie, and at some point, I promise you, we'll see it. It is a gorgeous movie that really deserves to be seen on the big screen. The other thing that's so great, the the sound design mm-hmm. in this movie is absolutely just hypnotic. It's glorious. And um, as I was saying about, about full core, some, a lot of times it really is focused on how uh, just b- 
people who live off the land, just the, the peasant and how, how difficult their lives are. This movie zeroes in on something that feels very much even more authentic, is it how hard life was in the 15th century for women, in particular, outcast women. And, um, and this movie is so like alarming it's so it gets under your skin so much in a really sort of dreamy way but and this i think is also true of folk horror you cannot figure out where it's going you just can't like folk horror seems to be like the one subgenre that you you're allowed to just completely throw away that three-act template you don't even have to try to be predictable because these forces aren't so why create like a path that makes sense when they would veer off the path anyway. I think, and this is this man, and I, I can't remember his name, I'm sure I have it written down, the filmmaker. This is his first film, which killed me. Not only his first film, it was his graduation film. That's insane. Uh, Lucas Feigefeld. It's amazing. amazing. It's just an amazing movie, and, I, I, and I'm and i really eager to get a chance to, to watch it with a big group of people. You're right about the sound design. It looks beautiful, and even though, of course, for American audiences, it, it has uh, subtitles, it strikes me as a movie you could turn them off and still have an experience with it because so much of it is visual storytelling yeah, yeah. and it does it, what so many of these great folk horror movies do it, it strips everything down so to the, your existence is so bare that it gets to very primal fears uh, which is always in the woods seems like it's always in the woods it is for me but it's, yeah <laughs> that and not sleeping <laughs> uh, very primal fears and this was such a great example of that love this remember when it came out the first night we watched it oh man yeah loved yeah it's such movie. a great movie so i want to say look it up and then i want to say you know don't just come back and watch it with us at some point yeah hopefully that'll be on the schedule soon so yes. that is number three from 2017 germany's hagazuza uh we got to get moving because we got a movie to show this is from 2016 number two uh, soon after a stranger arrives in a little village, a mysterious sickness starts spreading. A policeman drawn into the incident is forced to solve the mystery in order to save his daughter from Korea, the Wailing. Come on! This is one that breaks the template a little bit because it's not medieval. It's set in more, as you can see, present day. And I think this one is about three hours, too. This is a long, but don't let that throw you off because it's such absorbing storytelling. Also weirdly funny in spots. Mm -hmm. But, uh, man, I love the story. Yeah, it's really great. It's uh, filmmaker Na Hong Jin who did The Chaser a couple of years before this one, which is also a great movie. This movie throws everything at you. Of course, it has the time to do it, but there's ghosts, there's the devil, there's zombies, there are boils. There are a lot of boils. <laughs> so many boils. There's um, a topic right there. That's right. For another oh, podcast. Boils in horror. Write it. it down. I'm writing it down. Boils. And again, I think something that you find more often in folk horror than you do anyplace else is that they blur the line between established religion and superstition. Actually, you can find that in almost all the movies we're going to talk about is that like why the, that the film doesn't give more credence to one over the other. They all kind of live together and affect our lives in spooky ways that we are somewhat powerless against. And that certainly is on display in this movie, which, as you say, it is a long movie, but it is utterly fascinating, every moment of it, and it's incredibly unpredictable, partly because of the way it does. Like, just toss in all of these all of these supernatural elements, and, and you just see where they go. And they go to a bloody, bloody place. Yeah, and according to the director, uh, this movie was made on the basis of folk religions in Korea and Nepal and on Catholic faiths. Either directly or indirectly, it gets around to mentioning all the biblical sins, and I love it. There's a, there's a white woman who collects upper body belongings 
from villagers to protect them. And then there's a Japanese man who collects lower body belongings, like shoes, to curse them. So, yeah, yeah, isn't that just creepy to hear about? That is so, so very cool. And that's from 2016. The Wailing, number two on our international folk horror list. So let's make it up to uh, number one. And this is from just last year. One of our favorites from last year focuses on a childless couple, Maria and Ingvar, discovering a mysterious newborn on their farm in Iceland. The unexpected prospect of family life brings them much joy before ultimately destroying them. It's lamb. A lot of people didn't love this movie. We, we did. We loved this movie. <laughs> we loved this movie. I loved everything about this movie. Valdemar, Valdemar Johansson is the filmmaker, writer-director. And I remember when we watched it, I mean, we, we, we were like sad that we hadn't timed, because we wouldn't have known to, how long you go in this movie before somebody actually says anything. Because you're on this working farm in utterly gorgeous, incredibly sort of isolated Iceland, and they're, they're, they're working a farm. They're giving, you know, they're like birthing animals and they're cutting shit down and they're riding on tractors. And I think that that really grounds this fairy tale in something very tangibly earthy and realistic. And it was, it was an incredible way to do that. It's a gorgeous movie to look at. It is. It's so beautiful. And then one of the other things that struck me as I, watching, as I was watching it, so they have a child who died at some point in the past before the movie starts. And then, they, so they take this lamb in because this lamb is, is unusual, so they raise this lamb. And one of the things that struck me is how, <laughs> this is maybe weird to think, it made me think of Eraserhead. Oh, I don't very, think that's weird at all. This movie reminded me of Eraserhead. very different response that these new parents had to this sort of animal baby, you know? And uh, one of the things that just killed me about this movie is how adorable this lamb was in her little, <laughs> her little yellow coat. Oh, my God, she was so cute, so that when you thought the uncle had, like, bad motives like you were going no like I thought I can't even just please don't do this to me please don't do this to me which I thought was an incredibly powerful feat of this director to get you this invested in this unusual character yeah and uh, according to the director he started with the idea of that lamb human hybrid that just was the start maybe it watched Eraserhead I don't know (laughs) and then built the story around that this is the first film where Numi Rapace the star speaks in Icelandic and uh, she lived in Iceland as a child, so she knew the language, which helped. And you could mm-hmm. tell she also worked a farm because they're really doing yeah. those those chores yes. and birthing those animals, uh, which makes it adds to the authenticity of it. And it is the highest grossing motion picture in the history of Icelandic cinema. Wow. Yeah, so Well, we loved it, too. We loved it, also, too. Also, you know what, though? I mean, I think a lot of people, because it's classified as a horror film, and it takes a while for it to get there. It's just very weird. And then in the end, but it, it really does strike me as... Uh, as a folk tale, because they're just these little dark moments will creep into this otherwise idyllic life that they've created. And you're like, there is comeuppance coming your way, oh, even yes. though we don't want it to because we love you and we love this little lamb. But you've done something you weren't supposed to. And, you know, and yeah. so and I love that there's just such a sleight of hand. You think the movie you think you're following a specific story and that's not the story they're telling at all. And I just. Anytime a filmmaker can can get away with that, I'm always very impressed. Yeah, and you could definitely look on it as a parable about man's arrogance against nature. And there is comeuppance.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is uh, number one on our list of international folk horror lamb from 2021 from Iceland. And as usual, we are up against the clock, so we got to get moving. We got a movie to show. We got to tell a couple things. Yeah, a couple things. So next month, we're going to do the best horror from the 1930s, and we're going to show the utterly gorgeous film Vampire. Come back for that. We always have at least one classic, mm-hmm. I think, a year, uh-huh. and this one is clearly is clearly that. So that's the next Fright Club. But before, in between, and before that, we got a special event. Yay! If you didn't know, Hope I wrote ha- a book. Hope wrote a book. She's got her first novel coming out. It's called Roost. It's officially out on Tuesday. Yep. Uh, there are some pre-order books already uh, yeah. arriving. Yeah, Alexander has some his already. Have them. So uh, we're very excited, and we're going to have a, a, a launch here on the 30th. Yep. With uh, You're going to read some passages yep. from it, Yep. sign some books, yep. hopefully drink sell some, some books, drink yeah. some beers. <laughs> yeah, come out and do have, all those things with us. And have a great time. So we'll put a, an event up either tonight or tomorrow on our Facebook page at Mad Wolf Columbus and, and keep you updated on socials, but we'd love to see you back here for that. Uh, because it's a it's a fun, especially if you like horror and and what do you call it, rural horror. Yeah, coming of age, rural coming horror, of age. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I think you'll like it, especially get a few uh, get a few yeah. readings from it. That should be fun. So keep in touch if you can. You can find us not only uh, on Facebook. The main uh, website is MadWolf.com, and also uh, it's MadWolfColumbus on Instagram and Fright Club Pod on Twitter. And of course, the main we've got a Fright Club podcast uh, private group on Facebook. So if you're not a member, we'd love to have you. Just send a request in, and we'll approve it. Very quickly. So all that fun stuff going on on the socials. We've got a great movie. Remember, come down afterwards. We've looked because no one's seen it. We'd love to get your comments about the movie afterwards. Love to make you part of the podcast, which I should have live here in a few days, probably by Monday. Yep. So, all right. Is that it? I think that's everything. All right. We've got a movie to show. Until next time, then, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay